Hello, and welcome to the Aging Aid for Sissies podcast. My name is Marcy Backus, and I am your host. Well, on today's episode, I'm taking the week off. It's Mother's Day week. So please enjoy my number five episode with Jim Better, Long-Term Care Costs. Hope you had a great week. Hello, and welcome to the Aging Aid for Sissies podcast. My name is Marcy Backus, and I am your host. Welcome to our fifth episode. I can't believe I'm on episode five. I'm so excited and I'm so grateful to those of you that have stuck with me, sticking with me and are sharing my podcast with friends and family. It means a lot to me. Well, this week I had um, both my kids and their significant others here in the town of Chicago. They came in for a family wedding and we got to spend some time together, share a little deep dish and enjoy each other's company. Did a little sightseeing. It was really fun to have them here. The weather couldn't have been better. In the 70s, beautiful, no rain, bright sunshine. And today they have all left. It is 50 degrees. Now, funny enough, 50 degrees doesn't sound cold, but when you think, ah, one degree colder and it's in the 40s, then it seems so much colder. But I am getting brave. I went out and did my errands. I donned a coat. It's wet. I drove. I did great. I'm back home and I'm sitting here with you. I was thinking about last week's episode about discounts, and I feel like I shortchanged you a little bit on Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, there is so many things that you can be doing with Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime comes with, of course, Prime Video. So if you're streaming, you can have Prime Video, which is movies and all kinds of things to watch. You can listen to Amazon Music. Your Echo and your A-L-E-X-A. I can't say the word because I have one in every room. And we're going to have an episode on her specifically because I adore A-L-E-X-A. I even have one in my car. Your Fire Tablets, your Fire TV, your Kindle e-readers and books. You can store your photos with Amazon. You have you have storage place space, excuse me, for your photos. What a great alternative to trying to save them on all kinds of hard drives and things like that. You have the Amazon App Store. Online learning. If you don't know, your Amazon Prime comes with online learning. All kinds of things you can learn. Learn to code. Learn, well, I know, we're learning. Um, (laughs) All types of things that you can learn right in Amazon Learning. You can find these things by looking um, on the left underneath where your name is. You can shop by department. You can put in what you want. If you go to Whole Foods, you want to make sure that you have the app downloaded to your phone because you pull up a code and you get a discount when you're shopping at Whole Foods. You just have them scan that QR code. 
again, another episode about technology, but those QR codes are really important. And you have your own specific QR code that is specific to your Amazon Prime. And when scanned at the checkout, you do get Amazon pricing. Amazon also has a pharmacy that is available to you through Prime. They also have physical stores that you can go into. They have subscribe and save. So the things I have a lot of those for things that you use and you know every three months need to be replaced. I have Neutrogena oil. I have some eye drops. I have some things that I love and I have those on subscribe and save. The more you subscribe to, the more you save. The beauty is you can go in every month. You get an email that says these are the things that are coming. If you don't need it, you can put it on a pause. They have luxury stores with luxury brands. You can make money with Amazon. And I am doing that on my website. Um, Anytime I talk about an Amazon product, I put it on my website for you. I have a link that I get from Amazon specifically to me. If you click on that link and you purchase the things I've talked about, I'll make money. Why not? I'm talking about it. I'm advertising it for the people and I get money back. You have home services. Now, before the pandemic, they used to have home cleaning services and things like that that I used, which was great. Um, Now that you can set up your home theater, furniture assembly, outdoor assembly of furniture, smart home services, and all different things. If you need, if you buy a lamp or you buy a lighting fixture from Amazon, you can also pay to have someone install that. I think Amazon's going to take over the world one day if they haven't already. There's Amazon Fresh, which is obviously you can um, purchase groceries and have them delivered. Again, I do that here in the city. There's gift registries. Um, There's Amazon Outlet. If you go to the left-hand side, there's Amazon Outlet. Shop there. The treasure truck has <laughs> this when I was working. This was super fun. Every day we would be excited when we got our treasure truck um, email or text. And back in the day, you would go and pick it up from the treasure truck in a parking lot. But COVID stopped that. Again, check your left hand side. Look at all the things that are available to you. There is so much more than just having things shipped to you. Take your time, look at these websites that we talked about last week and find out what they have to offer. I'll tell you, um, today I went to Target. I don't go very often, probably about 10 years ago. I kicked the Target habit because I would go in and spend $200 and the next week couldn't tell you what I bought. But today I needed a few things and Target was on my way home. I pulled up my app. I looked and I had a coupon in my app for 10% off a shopping at Target. I clicked on it. Um, There were a couple other things that I was going to be getting. I clicked on those. They were automatically there. No coupons needed. When I checked out, I had her scan my barcode from the app and I got all of my discounts. Please take your time. Look at these things. They will pay off for you in the long run. It's easy. I do not like cutting paper coupons. I do not like doing that. But if I can look at an app and click a couple things at CVS and when they scan my barcode or I put in my phone number, I automatically get the discounts. I'm going to take those discounts. 
Well, today I have a great guest. His name is Jim Better, and he's going to be talking to us about long-term care. Long-term care is something you should think about when you're in your 40s. You'll hear about that. But if you're in your 60s or your 70s, it's not too late either. So... Get yourself a cup of coffee, get yourself a Diet Coke, sit down and listen to this great interview with Jim Better. Well, welcome everyone. Today I am very excited to present Jim Better. He is here to talk to us about long-term care costs. These are things that are very important to look at when you're young, especially um, what's going to come down the road. So today we have Jim here. Welcome, Jim. Oh, thank you, Marcy. I really appreciate the opportunity to help spread this message. Well, we're glad you're here. And boy, we do have some great questions for you today about long-term care costs. I don't think a lot of people think about it till it's too late. So hopefully we can get them to think about it a little sooner and um, and not risk losing everything. So first thing I want to know, I'm, what is long-term care? Well, I had a, um, a, a family event that, that brought my attention to uh, what this is all about. Um, growing up as children, my brother and sister and I would hear my mother tell us that uh, she had inherited money from her grandmother and that she was going to pass that on to us when she passed. Um, and I know my parents had struggles during the years, but they, she never touched that money. She was so proud that she was able to hold on to that. Well, you know, some bad things happened on the way to the forum. Um, 20 plus years ago, she came down with uh, cancer and uh, she fought it for uh, almost four years. And unfortunately, all that money that she had desperately saved all went into her long-term care. I had been in the insurance business for 20 years before that and doing you know thousands of life insurance policies and disability and health plans and so on. Um, and I was oblivious and unaware of with what was going on and what needed to be prepared for for uh, later in life. So I, I, at that point, I decided, okay, as a presence of my mother, I was going to become an educator and tell people what they needed to do to prepare for their uh, for their ultimate conclusion. Um, it's it's no secret that you know there's a hundred percent probability that we're all going to age. And no matter how we fight it, we can diet, exercise, maybe there's a fountain of youth still out there, but the results are going to be the same. Um, and we're going to age, our parents will age, and oftentimes aging comes with mental and physical deterioration, uh, affecting our ability to live independently. Facing the situation um, at an early age forces mm -hmm. some thoughtful decisions. Uh, we can be proactive about our life and life end of life plans or be forced to make some critical decisions at the moment of intense crisis. Unfortunately, many defaults are the latter. They see their IRAs, their 401ks, the entire state that took a lifetime to build end up in the black hole of long-term care costs. Now, long-term care insurance is a federal, federally mandated a federally regulated uh, insurance policy. The National Association of Insurance Commissions created a model law in 1997 um, that allowed for uh, long-term care insurance policies, the premium to be tax deductible 
and for the benefits that the policies pay out to be tax free. Um, and this is very helpful for people because you know, yet the government is is here saying, "Look, we recognize this problem, and we want to provide incentives for you." So there's a lot of tax components that go with long-term care insurance. Well, that's interesting. So for once, the government's a little bit ahead in thinking about us. <laughs> well, yeah, you, know, you might say that they're they way behind on it because well. it's the. It should be. Uh, I've got lots of thoughts on that, but I only have twenty minutes instead of two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another episode. Indeed. Um, you know, how does one qualify? What does the, the model boss say? It says that um, uh, there are triggers that say, "Okay, you are a long-term care recipient," and it means that you need help or standby supervision with the six activities of basic living, uh, with bathing. Dressing, eating, continence issues, transferring from a bed to a chair, uh, toileting, and this is the seventh. And this is the one that catches people by surprise. Cognitive impairment. And uh, Alzheimer's and dementia are a big part of of what happens in aging. And um, that's considered one of the uh, activities of daily living. Uh, If a medical professional says that you need help with the, with two activities that they are living or you're cognitively impaired. Now you qualify for long-term care assistance. Okay. So a quick question on that, just, or just a, an observation, basically my mother-in-law um, were, she's somewhere, she's living in, in a facility and we were looking at others and she did have to go through exactly what you said, those tests. I sat there while she went through the tests and the questions and checking all of those things. Are you able to do this, 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 and this? And then the memory questions came. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you look at someone and you think their memory is fine and then they don't know what year it is. And you're like, yeah. Whoa. Okay. So yeah, I, I've been through that just a little bit. So I, I do see that part of it. Yeah. And the other thing too, when, when, uh, uh, when the caregivers do the intake interviews, whether it's home care or assisted living or nursing home, they, they want to know how is this going to get paid for? They may not oh, come yes, they say, do. <laughs> yeah. They want to know, um, what is it, how much is it going to cost? This is what it's going to cost and how are you going to pay for it? Yes, they do. Um, and that, that determines the kind of care you get. Well, the interesting thing is um, we looked at one on that exact topic that you said about um, how much they want to know how you're going to pay for it. This is a not was a nonprofit. So they want the thing is they won't kick you out once you're out of money, but they want to know how you're going to pay for it and look at your financials. And that's that's it's a lot. Uh, that, that, that's a great point, Marcy. Um, they they want to know it, 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 many nonprofits and a lot of for profits as well. Um, if you've got a bunch of money that gets you in the door, if you run out of that money, they don't kick you out. Right. OK. Now the government picks in under Medi-Cal or Medicaid provisions um, and they'll pick up the cost. Nothing changes. You stay in the same bed, the same services, the same meals. Nothing changes. But you don't get in the door. Unless you've got that pile of money. Right. Right. That's that's a fact. I know that for sure. So I know we've talked a little bit, but what does it cost? Well, the cost of care depends on the setting. Um, You know, there there are basically three settings for for care. Uh, Once you've been certified as needing help with your activities of daily living, Uh, home care, um, which is, you know, after these last two years. Many people want to stay in their home. 
And, you know, I, I feel the same way about my, my longevity. I don't want to go to a nursing home. I want to stay home. Um, and, you know, what's that cost? It depends. Right now, I guess you'd have to say the basic hourly rate is around $30 an hour. But stand by. There's a big problem with hiring good caregivers. And they're going to be able to hire them because they're going to pay them more. And where's that going to come from? It's going to come from the, the, the rate payers, from the people who need the care. So you got the home care settings, um, which which at thirty dollars an hour, uh, four hours a day, five days a week. And, you know, most people can can cover that. But when it becomes eight hours, seven hours, seven days a week, okay, now you're talking about some real money. Right. Um, so that's one setting. The second setting is assisted assisted living locations, and also known as board and care. Um, companies. And what these are is people who have a four or five bedroom home um, and they, they apply for a license for the state to become a caregiver. The state issues them a license and now with that license there are certain requirements and they have to have 24 hour caregivers on site and have access to medical professionals in cases of emergency. Um, the board and care or assisted living facilities, you know, they tend to run, I don't know, five to $7,000 a month in cost. Um, you know, you think about it in terms of the mortgage or your rent. If all of a sudden they said your rent is now going to go up to $6,000 a month, would that have an impact on your lifestyle? Huh. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Not, and not a good one. Not no. a good impact for sure. And then, of course, if you know the full-blown nursing home care, you know the, the specialty nursing facilities, um, and now you're talking real money. Now you're talking, I don't know, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars a month in care. I'm saying again, ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month. That's Holy that's a lot money. of money. Jesus, yeah, and yeah. you know. If, if you only need it for three years, okay, now you're only talking $350,000. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, there goes your house, there goes, you know, whatever you've saved, whatever you have, everything goes. Yeah, there's a sure. lot of risk if you don't have, a, there's a lot of risk if you don't have some plans in place. So let's talk about that. Where does the, where does this money come from when we're old and... <laughs> um, well... And broke. <laughs> Yeah, um, th- th- there are three basic parts. One is uh, private pay. That is, if you have enough money that you can afford to pay for it out of pocket. Um, and you have to be fairly wealthy to be able to do that. Yeah, but, you know, the funny thing is, Marcy, people say, oh, I got enough money to do that. You know, I've got uh, $10 million in the bank and I can cover my long-term care costs. Right, you can. But wait a minute. You didn't get to have this money by buying things at full price. Why would you buy your long-term care costs at full price? Let an insurance company cover the first $200,000, $500,000 worth of costs. All you have to do is reposition, you know, $100,000, $150,000, reposition some of your assets and leverage that money to produce, you know, I don't know, three dollars $500,000 worth of care. If you never need it, your money's still there. You haven't spent it. It's just right. sitting in a different pot. Um, so, you know, so private pay is, is one option. Um, the second option is, uh, uncle Sam. Um, now the government has a plan for you it's called Medicaid. And this is not to be confused with Medicare. Uh, you know what, what, um, uh, Netta was talking about and what Medicare is all about. Medicare, Medicare is there for acute 
conditions. Not chronic conditions, acute conditions. Okay. You know, something something from which you expect to recover. Um, long-term care, on the other hand, is there for chronic conditions and it's for maintenance. It, it takes care of you. It doesn't expect a recovery. Okay. So it takes it takes care of those things. Um, there are some other things that help fill up the private pay pot. One would be um, reverse reverse mortgages. Okay, you reverse you do a reverse mortgage, you, and then now you've got more money to pay for care. Or smart people say, I'm going to do the reverse mortgage, and I'm going to take some of that money, and I'm going to buy myself a long term care policy. Okay. So now they've leveraged their asset of their house. And well, that's produce, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a good strategy. That's why people like you, we need to talk to. <laughs> For sure. Well, I do talk about this all day long. And I, and I love doing it. As I said in the beginning, I, I consider myself an educator at this point. Um, uh, and then the, the other way to fill up the private pay pot is through what they call life settlements. Um, that is, you, you have a life insurance policy that you have for a long time. It was there to cover uh, heavy dependency years with children and other things. Now you don't need it anymore. Sell it. Sell it to a, a, a rebuyer of, of life insurance policies. Um, they'll pay for that. You can put the cash into your private pay bucket. Um, and that's a strategy that some people use. Okay. Um, in order to be able to buy their one term. I didn't even policy. know you could sell a life insurance policy. So that's great information right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what we're really talking about here is transferring um, the risk to an insurance company. Okay. Um, people with money, uh, people, no, no, this is not a secret. People with money get better care than people who don't have money. Correct. Um, and let's just talk about the, the insurance, the multiple of insurance programs that are out there to help people. Um, and, and most insurance plans are good for people who, are, I don't know, up to age 85. And with uh, medical science keeping us alive a lot longer, I swear, I, you know, I've been, um, I've been reading this book by Yovel, um, uh, I forget his last name now. But anyway, he talks about how medical science's purpose is to keep us alive as long as possible. Yes. Not necessarily live better, but to keep us alive. Okay. okay. And as the older we get, the more likely it is that we're going to come down with some shit that, you know, that we did never planned for. Um, so, you know, that, that, there I go. I'm going off on my, my speech. <laughs> It's okay. It's a passion. It's a passion. And indeed it is. Okay. So the, the, the long-term care insurance options are, are good for anybody up to age 85. Uh, and they're, they're essentially, you know, four different kinds of long-term care insurance okay. policies. Uh, the so-called traditional kind um, is, you know, much like your home insurance or your auto insurance. You don't have to expect to total your car or burn your house down, but you wouldn't go without that policy, right? Right. Um, okay. With the long-term care traditional contracts, you pave those policies until the day that you need care. Okay. Um, and there's a possibility under the traditional policies, depending on the insurance company, that the premium could go up um, in the future. And that's a whole other subject about how insurance companies determine that they need a rate increase. And by the way, insurance companies do not rate and cannot raise their rates without the state insurance department's 
uh, allowing for it. Um, they go to the insurance company or the insurance company goes to the insurance commissioner and says, here's what our numbers look like. And the insurance department, their purpose is making sure that the insurance company stays solvent. Uh, so if an insurance company comes to the commissioner and says, we need a rate increase, um, and here's the reasons why, this is the money we expect to pay out, we need to protect our reserves, then the insurance commissioner will say, okay, you can you can uh, raise your rates. Okay, interesting. Um, so, And then there are some traditional policies that are provide for what they call a 10-pay program, where you only pay premiums for 10 years. And then, and then the policy is considered paid up. You know what's cool about these kind of contracts is that I don't know. Let's say you got somebody who's fifty-five years old, and they're saying, "Okay, I got a plan for my retirement years," um, and the retirement years aren't so much about assets as they are about income. Um, and income has a direct relationship to expense. Right. So if if you can get a a long-term care policy that's paid up when you hit retirement age, what have you done? You've reduced your expenses and you've covered your long-term care costs. That's again, another thing I had no idea. I just thought it was one thing and this is the way it is. And that is, that sounds like just a genius plan to me. (laughs) Cause you Uh, do when you hit that, when you're starting to get that fixed income, no matter what it is, what you've planned for, it's fixed. And the less yeah. expenses you have at that point, the better off you are. Yeah. And then to have something like that in your back pocket that you've already planned for your long-term care is a wonderful thing. And I feel so so happy for people when they make the decisions to do something like that and, and do it wisely and plan for a limited pay period so that it's not an expense. And what that does, it guarantees that the contract will be there when they need it. Right. You know, not like, oh, shit, you know, I'm 80 years old and my price, my premium just went up and I'm going to have to drop my insurance policy. Wow. That's a tragedy. Yes. After all those years and then you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're going to need it. (laughs) (laughs) When you're staring down the barrel at it. Yeah. 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 Um, So that, you know, that's that's the the traditional style contracts. Okay. Uh, The hybrid contracts. Um, they're, they're really kind of cool. Um, what they really are in the, they call it, it's built on a life insurance chassis. I needed somebody to explain that explanation to me. What it really is, it's a life insurance policy with a long-term care rider. Um, and what's so attractive to people is that whether you live, whether you die, or whether you quit, the policy pays off, pays off no matter what. If you need long-term care, it covers the cost of long-term care. Wow! If you if you croak and never use it, it pays off like a life insurance policy. And if you know twenty years down the road you decide you know I don't really need this anymore for whatever reason, they'll give you some or all your money back. Wow, that so, sounds like an interesting one. Yeah, people are really attracted to it now. You know, the, the, with all insurance contracts, any legal contract, the big print giveth and the small print taketh away. <laughs> Good, right? good. Okay. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, and, you know, with the uh, the hybrid policies, uh, it, it has to be made clear to people is that, okay, if you live and you need the long-term care c- coverage, um, that that deletes the uh, amount of life insurance. 
So it's really not a replacement for a life insurance policy. It's just more like a, okay, I can't lose with this contract. I do expect I'm buying this because I need long-term care coverage. But if I croak in the meantime, I, I know that my, uh, my heirs are going to get all that money um, that would otherwise have gone to care. And if, you know, later on, you want to take some money out of it, the money is there for you. And then there are you know, the, some of the other options. And, you know, I've been in the, I said, in the insurance business for a long time and um, never surprised at how clever insurance companies are. To, <laughs> when they find a risk area, they can create a product for it. Okay. <laughs> um, another good option for people is uh, what they call annuities with a long-term care rider. Um, and these are cool for people who might have some medical uh, issues that prevent them from getting a traditional or hybrid policy. Um, they're easier to get um, to the extent that there's medical conditions. And, um, uh, and they're just what they are. They're an annuity that you can, uh, you can um, start annuitizing at any point. If you don't use the annuity and you end up needing long-term care, it'll pay off, and I don't know, two, three, four times the amount of long-term care expenses huh. than what the initial deposit was. Um, the short-term care contracts is just what they are. You know, if you can't qualify for the annuities or the hybrid or the traditionals, short-term care is good for one or two years of coverage. Um, and generally there's no medical underwriting for those. And then the, the, one of the, the other options that's becoming popular is the home only contract. It's just what it is. It pays for home care services, um, just written, just like a long-term care policy. It's not insurance. Um, it's really more like an association that you buy into, but it's contract okay. pays for long-term care as long as the care is being provided in the home care setting. Right. There are a lot of different options. That's amazing. No, this, um, it's not one size fits all. There's, there's something out there for everybody. And, and cost should never be an issue because we can always find something to help people out. Oh, that's I've never heard that before. And I like that. What um, um, I have a quick question on this. What is the let's say the optimal age to talk to you? Not saying it's the only age. What's the optimal age someone should talk to you or their insurance agent about long-term planning, care planning? Uh, well, um, my my sweet spot is really the people forty-five to sixty-five. Okay. Um, you know that there's the likelihood is they still have enough. Um, their health is still won't prohibit them from qualifying. Uh, their children are emancipated. Uh, maybe the mortgage is paid down. And in some cases, or in almost all cases, they've had some experience with this. They had a family member, a parent, neighbor, friend. Um, they, they, they know what it's all about and they're receptive to the message and they're looking to solve the problem. Okay. And I guess, is there an average cost to policies or it's just totally dependent on health, age? Yes. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that answer. And that concludes our talk today. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it varies. I mean, it's, um, I've been in the past, I would say, you know, whatever, what is your cable bill? Uh, we can bring something into match with your cost of cable services. Um, that might have been true 10 years ago, but it's, um, you know, really it's a bit more than that now to, to get something that's, that's reasonable and substantial. I, again, 
having something is better than nothing. And I encourage people while they can afford is, uh, you know, $3,000 a year for contract. Good. We can make something. We get you that ticket to get into a good quality care situation. Yeah, I think, you know, all people have to do is go out there and look at care and look at the poor quality places versus a good quality place. And it will scare the pants off you. Yeah, It really will. And then I just leave feeling bad for the people who are stuck in the the lesser care. You know, it, it is and it is a tough place right now. You know, they the, the health industry has been hit hard and I'm losing a lot of workers and and that type of thing. So yeah. I know yeah, we're dealing sure. with that where my mother-in-law is right now. So having good care is super important. Is there anything else you think you want to let us know about today? Well, a lot of people are resistant to uh, to dive into the uh, the planning part because it's, it's, I'll, I'll just wait and I wait another year, I'll wait another two years. You know, and I get calls from people who say, you know, I wish I had done this last year when I was a year younger, and you know, they come down with something, and um, you know, now their options are limited. The whole purpose behind it for me or anybody else, when you think about it, you you don't do this. You do this because you love somebody. Right. Because um, you don't want to be a burden right. to your family. Um, and, you know, probably more importantly, you preserve your own dignity. You can hire professionals to do the dirty work. Right. You don't have, your family can be care managers. They don't have to be caregivers. And that creates a lot of peace of mind and a lot of success of a, for a life well lived. It is. And it changes your relationship with your your parent or your loved one when you become the caregiver. There's just no way around it. And if you want to preserve that, you know, mother, daughter or father, son or whatever that relationship is, once the caregiving begins, that relationship does change. So I think that that is a real gift that you can give someone that that's not what they're becoming. Yeah, and you know it's for for somebody else, but it's really for the person who who takes the initiative and creates the plan to pay for the care well in advance of when they're going to need it. Well, this has been great. A lot of great information. I appreciate your time. And um, is there any any last bit you need to get in there before we sign off today, Jim? Well, I just encourage people to um, to look at this deeply and to consider it seriously. Um, it's for their own well-being and for that of the people that they love. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, I certainly appreciate your time and giving us this great information. I'm sure it's going to open the door to some more questions and maybe another time for us to get together. Thank you. Uh, I just love the opportunity to talk about the subject that's most dear <laughs> to me. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Marcy. You're very welcome. And next up is the senior moment. This week on the senior moment, we're going to talk a little bit about walking. What is known now about walking is the fact that it is something that staves off your risk of dementia. So right now, they say that if you want to reduce your risk for dementia, slap on a step counter and start tallying your steps. You'll need between 3,800 and 9,800 each day to reduce your risk of mental decline, according to a new study. 
people between the ages of 40 and 79 who took 9,826 steps per day were 50% less likely to develop dementia within seven years, the study found. Furthermore, people who walk with purpose at a pace over 40 steps a minute were able to cut their risk of dementia at 57% with just 6,315 steps a day. It is a brisk walking activity like a power walk, said the um, study co-author. This is something that I think is really important to know. And I think we all know that moving is what we need to do. And allowing yourself to slow down is not acceptable. We need to keep moving. So put on that pedometer, put on that Apple Watch and get out there and walk. We see the value. We know the value. Next week on episode six, I am going to be talking about iPhone 101 and a little bit about your iWatch. There are so many built-in features that are so important for us as we age in both of these items. This is an episode you don't want to miss. So catch us next week for iPhone 101 and a little bit of iWatch. And remember, aging ain't for sissies.